Hi everybody, this is your old pal Johnny Mays uh, here for our podcast today. And uh, another beautiful day in Lodi. We do have some clouds floating around and, and, and that's really good. I hope they sort of stay up there because the forecast for the temperature today is 100 degrees. No, excuse me, 102 degrees. So that's going to be plenty toasty. But those clouds can be very helpful if they would just remain. We'll see what the Lord does. Anyway, we're in the 1 Kings chapter 8 today, verse 27. Uh, Powerful verses. We talk about entering into the presence of God and knowing the presence of God, discovering the presence of God, and realizing that God's presence is always here. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? That's the question. Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. You see, there's a difference between saying God is everywhere, my friends, and saying that God is here. The idea of God is everywhere is sort of a default category for most Christians. We talk about God's presence being inescapable and that he is everywhere present. And it's true. It's what this verse of Pierce says. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, heaven cannot, and the highest heaven cannot contain him. But it seems that scripture is more concerned with his presence manifest in relationship and in redemption. And though these divine realities are certainly not at odds, the Bible story does turn on God's being manifest with his people, going all the way back to Eden, the Garden of Eden, the tabernacle, the temple, uh, is where God's presence was, the incarnation of Christ, and then of course the new heavens and the new earth. All through scripture we see God manifesting his presence among us, And the story of the scripture begins and ends with God's presence, doesn't it? In the book of Genesis, Eden is the first couple's home. But more importantly, it's God's sanctuary. It's God's garden temple where the creator and those who bear his image can relate, can have an intimacy, and can walk together. But there's a problem. And that problem there is that Adam and Eve would replace blessings for cursings when they eat the forbidden fruit. And these curses cut right into the heart of who they are and what they were made to do. For Eve now, pain overwhelms the promise of a people. And for Adam, it's gonna be perspiration and thorns and briars It's going to impede the promise of a beautiful place. You see, because my friend's sin hinders everything, especially man's experience of God's presence. Sin becomes a blockade, an obstacle, a blind for men to know, feel, and have the presence of God. And because of their disobedience, Adam and Eve are now exiles 
Their entire purpose, their mission is in shambles. And now they stand outside the Garden of Eden. And the presence of God that they once knew freely, well, it's no longer free. You see, my friend, as I said before, sin hinders everything, and especially man's experience of God's presence. I think that's one of the things I first realized when I got saved is the overwhelming presence of God. His presence. It was so engulfing, so rapturous. It literally wrapped me in the arms of God. Now, when you fast forward to the end of our Bibles and we see a very similar picture, but on a much larger scale, In fact, all of heaven has collided with the whole earth to make a perfect sanctuary for God to dwell in, in the book of Revelations, doesn't he? But for that to happen, God has to first step in to pay the price, the price for sin. So to overcome, to overcome man's sin and to ensure the purposes, in other words, reconcile all these things the creator must become a covenant redeemer and it's through his covenant promises that the Lord will restore what Adam failed to do and God makes people at a place through the covenant all the while keeping his promises to humanity see God's ultimate intention in all of this has been to have a people and a place for that people. But God realizing to give man his autonomy, he would open the door to the possibility of man's failure. And of course, man would eventually comply as Adam did as sin came into the world and death by sin. So God, before the foundation of the world, made a promise through Christ. Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sins of the world. And Christ was as of a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And God does all of this so that he can be our God and we can be his people. And at the heart of this, at the heart of this covenant, is a relationship. And by the way, one that is decidedly made on his terms. Our God in heaven enters into the creation to create a people and a place for his presence. And it's as if, as it was in Sinai, in Exodus chapter 29, when God said, I will dwell among the people of Israel and be their God, and they shall know They shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I may dwell among them. You see, God God raptured us from darkness, translated us out of darkness into the kingdom of his son as love. Why? So that he could dwell among us. The presence of God finding its greatest expression as Emmanuel, God with us because God himself 
comes to save. That's Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, entered human history to give His life as a ransom for many. And in His grace, God buys us back in the most unimaginable way. God in Christ became a man, walked among humanity, and died for His people. And in this merciful act, our Lord reconciles us to Himself and reopens access to the Father so that those who were once exiled from His presence might again draw near to God. Praise the Lamb of God. So in the book of Revelation, Eden has returned and expanded into a new heaven and a new earth where all of God's people enjoy His presence for eternity. What do you think about all this, my friends? All that was lost, all that was stolen away from us, all of us, all of that was given away. It's now been returned. Returned wrapped in grace and mercy, returned and given in promise that will never be taken away again. God has said, Behold, I have come, and we shall never be separated again. This is the work of the Lord, my friend. And in Scripture, it's clear. It's clear that all life and principally the gospel life is all about being in God's relationship presence. And this is why David proclaimed, in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611. So today I encourage you to enjoy God's presence. Today I encourage you to enlarge His presence in your life. And you can do so by just giving more of yourself to Him. Let God have your heart. Let God have your mind. Let God have your gifts, your talents, your potential. And watch what He does as you enter in to the presence of the Lord. Well, until next time, this is Brother Johnny Singh. Have a great day and enjoy him, your Savior, your Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.